Welcome back to the Writer's Advice episode, everyone. I am so excited to share another, another really great guest with you and just dive into all the inspiration and more than that, the advice and the action. And hopefully this gives you a little bit of just, I don't know, just just those really feel-good vibes if you need a moment to step away from your writing, if you need... um, to feel seen and heard and to, um, it's almost like a chat with another author. So I'm very, very excited to share this episode with you. I also have some more exciting advice, uh, not advice, I have some exciting information that I cannot wait to share with you. And it is, that's my really um, pathetic drum roll. I need something better than that. (laughs) Um, My brand new book is coming out very soon on the 25th of October and today right now is the first time that I am widely speaking about this so thank you for listening in my brand new book is called manifest so it is a new adult YA book that is all about friendship and life and um the journey that it takes us on. Essentially, it is a very coming of age story. It's a rom-com. It's a feel good. I like to say it's Legally Blonde meets Abraham Hicks. It's the Australian um, rom-com chick flick movie that you didn't get when when you were young um, growing up in the 90s or if you're young now and you just want to dive into something really fun. It's um. It's a really great adventure and I'm going to be sharing so much more on this in the coming weeks. But if you want to learn any more about it, you can also join my Patreon um, subscription. So you, if you join um, my Patreon, you get a couple of chapters of each of my books before it actually launches. So you get three chapters, um, two to three chapters a week of every up and coming book and it's only $6 a month. And when you do join, you get my whole backlist as well. So, you know, you can read as much as you want during that time um, for the month or or stay and join and um, see everything else that I have got coming up as well. You can also pre-order Manifest Now up on my website, oliviahillier.com, or you can just grab the first couple of free pages that is on my website as well, um, which I will put in these show notes. If you want to know more about the book, if you want to know more about the podcast, if you want to chat to me about absolutely anything, I am mostly active on Instagram, which is at Author, and I cannot wait to chat with you there about all things writing and more but right now I'm going to show you a I'm going to share with you a really great episode um with a very exciting author so let's get into it welcome back listeners I am very excited because on this week of the writer's advice podcast we have Natasha Piccolo who is a non-fiction author for her book The Balance Theory there's so many things I want to dive in and talk to you about, Natasha, but <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Olivia. Thanks for having me. Now, the first question I want to ask you is, how did this book idea come about? Because writing nonfiction is definitely a different process, but, you know, how long were you thinking about it? When did you start taking action on it? When was the, how was the journey to becoming a nonfiction writer for you? Ooh, how much time do we have? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Uh, let's give the backstory to the balance theory. I think yep. that'll give us a really nice setup. So I would say it was 2011. So I, I, I know my timeline really well and it's in the book. Um, I actually had experienced grief at a level that was really, really shocking. We're going deep straight away. Yeah, <laughs> um, I love this. Pa- this is what podcasts are for. I'm down. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the passing of a really close friend. So my boyfriend, who is now my husband, it was his best friend. Um, we lost him at 19 in a tragic car accident. And from that triggered a spiral of grief, trauma, um, disbelief that the universe could work in such a way, um, quite naively as a 19-year-old thinking it was quite um, unfair, all, all of the above. It was just a, a concoction of emotion. And the book actually came out of a call out to the universe of like, what's going on here? Um, this is not how things go. This doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel comfortable. We've lost a friend. We didn't get to say goodbye. So it came out of shock. Um, I literally remember saying those words out aloud. And then everything that downloaded from that point on, I just started to jot down and journal. So the book itself was channeled as a concept, um, which became the balance theory concept, which I'll go into. Um, But it was just a bunch of musings and writings that were in notebooks for close to 10 years. And over that 10-year period to about 20, yeah, 2021 is when it was signed to be published earlier this year, 2022. In that time, there were many times that I tried to get it off the ground um, and it it just didn't feel complete as a concept. So I continue to just trust that process and I'm quite an intuitive writer and just keep jotting down the downloads as they were coming through as life lessons were learned over that period. And then in 2019, I worked with an amazing writing mentor who you've had on the podcast, Jordana Levine. And she, I'm going to do a quick plug here. She's yeah, got an go incredible writer's yeah. immersion course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. An incredible writer's immersion course um, that she's now brought to life. But back then we were just doing one-to-one client sessions and she helped me get this beast of an idea into proposal um, that was set to go. It was wrapped up as a concept, but the actual manuscript wasn't written. So at least I had the nuts and bolts of the idea down pat by 2020 and then the big C hit. And the publishing industry kind of went up in arms as did every other industry. And we we kind of were just like, right, let's not start reaching out to publishers. Let's just see what this COVID thing is. Um, and in that time, I actually then had time to start writing the manuscripts. I thought, I've got all the concepts. So they were in a, a whole bunch of journals over, over a 10-year period. They were it was also a Word document on the computer. It was a mess of a concept. We finally had the pitch right. We finally had it in a proposal form, but the actual manuscript was like, hmm, I need to be written. Uh, and then in 2021, no, end of 2020, I was pregnant and I got some publication interest from the Kind Press, who are my beautiful publishers now. And um, essentially my publisher, Natasha, offered to publish it on the grounds that I handed over three chapters. And I said, about that, the chapters are not written. The concept's here, but the chapters are not written. And I said to her, let me have a baby. And when I return, I'll return in January because he was born in December of 2020. When I return in January, I promise you, I'll get three chapters to you by the end of March. 
and she was gorgeous and she turned around and she said are you sure like you know you're going to be a new mom are you sure you can do this I said well I'm committing to it now because I'm not losing publication this is something I've been working towards for 10 years so she um she gave me that grace period to have a baby and to go into postpartum and I hastily wrote the first three chapters in the first three months of Bob's life oh wow and then got the (laughs) it's a journey um and then got the offer to to publish in April of 2021 and I still had the whole manuscript to write At that point. I love this whole, I literally, there, there were moments there when you were talk, like talk about stuff and I just have full body goosebumps because um, there's so much <laughs> I want to go into, but what, a, firstly, what a creative, like what a creative year, like literally creating life and your book at the same time. That is absolutely, absolutely. beautiful. That is so gorgeous. Um, now you said, so for instance, you've started at, you know, it's a really heavy time. You're in a you know, it's a, a rock bottom of your life, essentially. Yep. And you've been in this place, ha- had the call out, and you said you started to have downloads. Would you call yourself much of a spiritual person before this moment? I think knowing who, knowing now what I know now with eyes over that time period and, and looking back at my childhood, I was always intuitive. Yeah. And I was always pull, um, picking up on collective energy but I didn't, I wouldn't have said I was a spiritual person. This was essentially the dark night of the soul that woke up the spiritual side and allowed me to then lean into that creatively. With that creative exploration and a lot of therapy, I will, I will put that <laughs> caveat yeah. out there. While all of this was happening in the background, I was sorting my mental health out. And I go into that in the book, um, dealing with, yeah, OCD diagnosis and Uh, clinical anxiety and trauma grief at a level that was requiring very intense therapy with all of that um I started to have that awakening and I think my spirituality has never been deeper it was going like going through that process is what um, allowed me to open up to alternative practices in life and essentially the balance theory itself yeah so 100% going to that Yes, please. Yeah, I want to explain what, that. Tell us exactly what the balance theory is. Yeah, so it is a channeled work. It's a channeled concept. Um, with in terms of its short pitch, it's essentially that the universe is seeking balance at all levels of life, and that that is um, observed. If you're open to observing that, that's observed from the cellular level to the cosmic level. Mm-hmm. And the book itself is structured. Um, the download came through in a meditation called the Divine Nine. So nine ways that this manifests. And we start at the cell level from the body attempting to balance itself. And that clinical process, as you would know, also as a health scientist is homeostasis, right through to the mental body um, and how the conscious and subconscious mind deal with each other. So you've always got that polarity at play. Then the emotional body. um, Then we look at energetic boundaries. In that concept of karma and the cyclic nature of energy, um, natural cycles. So if we, you know, we don't have to look too far to see that we run in seasons in the external world and we are the same internally. Um, because my clinical background is speech pathology and life coaching, I have the privilege of working very closely with clients in a health science capacity, um, in a clinical capacity. So I detail a lot of client stories throughout. Um, So there's a whole chapter on what adversity teaches us about balance. And I couldn't write the balance theory without paying homage to the fact that I was in lockdown at the time of writing. 
So I do a bit of a spiritual spin on COVID. And then we finally end full circle with the life-death cycle and the cosmic experience of what happens you know, after we go. Um, and then that all kind of comes back to that initial exploration of Dylan's death, my friend. Yeah. Um, so it does, it literally goes full circle. Yeah, 100%. And is this more teaching people how to get and find that homeostasis and have clarity with when things, you know, start to stray one way or the other? Is that Absolutely. Yeah. I think the whole, the whole point of it is it is essentially speaking to the idea that surrender and accept what's in front mm-hmm. because ultimately it's a, it's a law, it's a universal law that what goes up comes down, what goes around comes back. And if we can lean into that at every level of life, we're going to find that we don't suffer as much. Anything that strays from that is, is where suffering comes from. This is I still literally have goosebumps right now because I, you have no idea, mm. particularly in the past month, how much mm. I have seen people starting to talk about homeostasis and how we yeah. need to come into this more grounded, calm level. Obviously, like I think this is the next, our next, um, you know, collective energy that we need to start to cultivate particularly after everything that the world has just been through and you're saying that this has been channeled through you which is even more beautiful say someone has Mm. you know they start to you you've started to get these downloads and you've started to create notes and then you're able to turn it into this beautiful book to gift the world to find this state Mm mm-hmm what like what was it for you that started to let that come in and let to be like okay yeah like this is something that I'm meant to be talking about and almost like accepting that that this was the path for you to start the notes and start the book and and bring that to life in the world if someone does find themselves in the same type of position yeah that's that's such a multi-layered yeah it is I love it I'm throwing no no it's it's brilliant I love it you know, it's funny, like uh, downloads are my thing. So Mm. as you were talking, I remember being in a yoga class in 2014 and we were doing intuitive writing as part of a retreat. Yeah. Um, And I remember, so I had the the same notebook where the first downloads were coming in through in 2011 I had taken. So that was the notebook that I clung onto for dear life in that dark night of the soul period. Mm -hmm. And I took it to this retreat and I remember my yoga teacher saying, let whatever's coming through let universal guidance speak to you and I was in a meditative state so I started to to physically draw and I was drawing I just remember drawing repeated images of trees and leaves and and wind carrying it through and then as I started to write and talk back to myself around this idea of surrender let it go surrender I went right and I I, I, that big drop in of this is a universal thing that needs to be taught. This is a mass level teaching, but I just parked it mm. a little later on. Um, and I, yeah, yeah, universe works in funny ways. I was then seconded to Byron Bay for work in my final year of speech pathology practice at uni. And I had to live in Byron. What a shame. I was going to um, say, what a horrible, <laughs> what a horrible thing. <laughs> 
Yeah. No. What a shame. I had to work on the beaches in the most spiritual place in Australia. Um, And it was in Byron where I actually started to go back through the journals and realise that they were all speaking to the same concept. And I I remember looking at those drawings and saying, this is a visualisation of this concept. I'm like, this is my concept. I, I Not mine. I don't own it. I needed to start putting it together so I could disseminate it. <laughs> um, and then I started telling people, like, I'm going to write this book. I'm writing this book. This is 2015. So it was, yeah, five years before I actually, you know, was on the radar for publication. I'm going to write this book. So when I started journaling and doing morning pages, um, when I did The Artist's Way, I started to channel into a theme, essentially, of what does it look like when we don't suffer? And a lot of that actually came from musings post my my own therapy sessions. I, I worked out pretty quickly that I was passionate about it to the point of wanting to write it and that when I did, I would teach and speak about it. Yeah. And, and I guess that's that was like... I made that decision and then I I just channeled all my energy towards that. I absolutely love that. And I'm just going to quickly touch on morning pages if people haven't listened to any of the past episodes and this is the first one you're listening to. So morning pages are a part of Julia Cameron's um, The Artist's Way uh, teachings. And she says to write three full, just complete, doesn't even matter what it is, stream of consciousness um, can be absolute blah of a morning three full journal pages and you'll start to see the same themes come through of um the books and I think that this is an excellent well I think this is an excellent tool for any anyone to be honest but when it comes to creativity and particularly with writing I think whether you're fiction or you're non-fiction people will see a common theme come through and I almost feel like that is your voice you know what I mean? That is your voice coming through and that is the teachings that you're that, that you're going to speak about no matter what. Um, yeah. What that, it's screenwriting. It's, you know, nonfiction. It's fiction. People will start to to find that. So are you an everyday journaler now still? Interesting. So since I've had babies now, nearly two, um, navigating motherhood, business, writing, marriage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I have also learned through the whole process of surrender, being a type A personality, a recovered type A personality. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't like to put that pressure on myself anymore because it's unrealistic in this current um, season of my life. But in the morning, if we haven't had a night of teething or ridiculous winter sickness that we've just been through and I'm up and I see the sun, I will always open my pages mm-hmm. and, I, and I will write. There's just no strict um, routine around that anymore. But then I find that there's gold in that too because on a morning where I do get to write, I'll, I'll, I'll just, you know, treasure the whole time that I've got to myself before I hear Peter pat a little foot come and chase me. And I love it. I, I don't have that strict journaling routine. If I really need to, to kind of hash something out with myself, I know that you've spoken to this as well. Phone notes are a saviour because you can do it in real time wherever you are. Um, and I, I love that pin function on the iPhone now. So I just pin the notes that I want to come back to and explore more. I yep. love that. The final chapter of the balance theory was a lot of pins. I, I remember just pinning ideas over the last two years and then I went, right, I'm going to start writing the chapter, the final chapter. I had a lot of weight 
on that because it was that full circle tie-in. I put a lot of pressure to make that, you know, a standout chapter. But I went back through pins and just used them as journal prompts and the chapter came from that. So highly recommend that as a tool for any writers that are going through like a writer's block. Yeah, 100%. And would you say that the full book, even though you had little pins and things like that, it it still pretty came out very um, intuitively? How much planning did you put behind it? So it did, working with Jordana, I got the proposal nailed. And all, and all the proposal really was was an outline of the Divine Nine, literally three sentences for each chapter as like a, this is what I'll talk to because I didn't have a manuscript yet. So it was more for me to have the map. And then the general structure was, here's the concept for that chapter. Here are two, and this is where we go into the genre, is narrative nonfiction because then I illustrate the concept through personal story or through client stories with consent where I was given consent. And I just have a a couple of dot points of these are the the stories I want to tell to illustrate that. And that was it. Then I would pull up and I'm like, right, I I did start linearly. I went from chapter one to nine and I went, right, I'm going to write this chapter. Um, And I had a very interesting process around that because I was so heavily postpartum at the time. I had to write in nap schedules. I, I literally, like, I just remember such a blur. I would be breastfeeding, put the baby down. And then I'd be like, right, I've got 20 minutes before he starts whinging. Here we go. And what I did was <laughs> my friends will say that I have this weird thing with number and I used it to my advantage. So I, I worked backwards. I went, right, I want the manuscript to be around 60,000. Mm-hmm. So I divided it by nine because I had nine chapters in the plan. And then I divided that word count by a daily count. And then I just, I was like, right, I ended up being on average 300 words a day. And it was like, that's nothing. And that's so good for a new mum who, you know, sometimes stringing a thought together was hard at the time. But I would just say, right, between breastfeeds today, I'm going to get 300 words out. I can do that. And then it became, if I was on a roll or if he was sleeping a bit longer, I'd write a thousand words for that day. And then I would literally write, you've written a thousand, at the bottom of the manuscript, you've written a thousand words, you can you can afford to only do 150 tomorrow if you want to sleep more. And I did that day in and day out from January to September before edits were due. Oh, my God, I, I love that no, so much. <laughs> I, love I, had, I had to find some kind of way to do it while I was, yeah, navigating that newborn period. But exactly <laughs> how you explained it is it, I'm not like I said, that's exactly how I do something <laughs> because I'm I'm yeah. someone well um like you when I write there's not a lot of planning at all I'll have an idea and then I I will I like through fiction I'll just let a character tell their story to me but you mm-hmm. know, the structure I find is through numbers so it, I'll do yeah. it exactly like you're like okay how many days, what have I got on and literally put it throughout my calendar of how many, how many words are for that day. So I absolutely love that you do that. Yeah. Now, I had yeah. a great sorry. hack. <laughs> yeah. It's a great hack. Yeah. I have. And also it's a great way to feel accomplished because a lot of the mm-hmm. times you can see like such a big task that you've got ahead of you. It's a great way yeah. to like feel that accomplishment every day. But um, I have two big questions for you. <laughs> the first yeah. one is, um, for writers who are, you know, whether they're a first-time writer or they're starting to build their career, you know, most most writers are balancing another job, 
family, mm-hmm. like you said, a baby. How is the balance <laughs> theory? Um, how does the balance theory come into practice for uh, for listeners who are currently going through all of that? Interesting. I think I actually um, speak to it explicitly in chapter eight, and I say life is actually and and in the context of writing this, we're in COVID. So I I think I wrote a line around, if you're coming here looking for how do I balance my life, well, then this book is now the unbalanced theory because what we need to to learn is surrender. It is never going to be perfectly balanced. Balance is the attempt of the universe to achieve it. And that's the experience we're in. It's never actually balanced. It is attempting and it's always doing this. You can, like, if we just take, like, we're in Sydney, right? So the context of we're in winter, but we've had really wacky weather. So we're not actually in this perfect wintry season. We've had floods, we've had humidity, we've had all the things. The universe is just trying to find the homeostasis. We've just got to let it do its thing. And it's the same internal battle for us. The faster we just accept it and we ride the wave, the quicker we find that peace because we know that it's actually not going to be balanced and it's okay. Oh so yes. to the writers, yeah, to the writers who are trying to find the balance, <laughs> just I would say if it is something that you want to do and the goal is to complete the manuscript or to complete a, a proposal or a pitch idea, backwards from there so for me and for you it was numbers Mm -hmm. just make it really manageable and make it something that you can just tick off every day and say I've completed that yeah um and know that something's got to give there'll be times in life because we're in this cyclic nature of life where something will pop up and it really will throw us but as long as you have your target you just come back to it the next day Mm -hmm. and Everything is universally guided anyway. So the time for you to get it out there, to have an agent, to get a publisher, it is coming. I think if you just say to yourself, there is no way that I'm not going to let this be published, then you will publish and you will find your way. 100%. 100%. How important do you think surrender is in the creative process? Everything. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. I think like now we're talking to deeper concepts of manifestation mm-hmm. because if you really do believe that you can have what you want, you have the life that you want and that you deserve because you're an abundant creative being, you make that decision, you put the intention out, you've got to do the work, you've got to do the work towards the energy of that intention and there's no way that it can't not happen. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. But the surrender piece is I don't know when. I don't know when and I'm okay with not knowing when and I'll work my entire life towards this goal and the surrender is that that journey on the way. And it's it's actually quite freeing when you decide that that's how you want to live. Absolutely, absolutely. I've had goosebumps this whole whole episode because I'm just like, yes, yes. And it is as soon as you make that decision and be like, you know what? that's mine and you start to live that way and, and let that happen it is it's absolutely beautiful what can um happen around you so um one last question what word of advice would you give to people who are currently they're sitting with a non-fiction idea they want to really bring that to life um yeah any books courses um things that have really helped you along the way as well 
keep journaling. Mm. I think that's a that's a key. It's not too different from fiction, really, uh, because if you're doing more of a narrative nonfiction or a memoir style, you are you are essentially the central character, the essential character. So you are just fine tuning your voice through your journaling because that's the voice that's going to go into the narrative itself. You're fine tuning that. I, and this kind of dropped in um, while I was preparing for this talk today, Livia. It was the idea of, and I, I this is a very big piece with fiction that you don't necessarily deal with when, because the character is you in nonfiction work, right? Mm-hmm. I would find, especially there are parts of the book where the entire process I knew I was getting towards this chapter, and, I, and I'll say the chapter was chapter six, it was Travelling Partners. And that's the concept of your soul connection, your soulmates. And I knew that I had to be very vulnerable in that chapter because I'm talking to the deepest connections in my own personal life. Very aware too that that means that the other person on the receiving end also had to be comfortable with the story being told at that level of vulnerability. Mm. And there were times where I can't even tell you how many times I sit down to write that chapter and I would procrastinate it because I'm like, I know how vulnerable I have to be right now. And I'm so scared for the world to hear that level of vulnerability. So what I do is like there were times where I'd consciously block it and I would leave the desk. Then I would etch away and I would write a little bit more. And then I was like, no, you know that you have to go deeper here. One of my best friends read the first draft of that chapter and said, no, there's more story and I know where you're holding back. Go and write the entire thing the way that you did in a Dear Diary moment. So this is, this is the strategy. Write as vulnerably as you can. Write it as if nobody's ever going to read it and it is Dear Diary. Then once you've got the, the raw, authentic, vulnerable piece of you on the paper, have the emotion that comes with that because it will come up. Release it, surrender it, and then start with your logical editing brain. Start going over it to not to compromise the story but to get it to a point where you are comfortable to have the world see that but you're comfortable with the level of vulnerability that you're going to put out there so go from that raw part of it being a diary and then fine-tune it and analyze it after that but don't block it because if you block it you're not going to get the story out the way it's supposed to be told Absolutely. That is so beautiful and so true. And even the process of writing a book and being that vulnerable, I think, you know, firstly, you've got to be that vulnerable with yourself to to be able to Mm -hmm. get that out there. And it's a whole, it's a whole um, uncovering and up leveling of the person that you are to, to step more into that, that trueness of you, which is one thing I just love about yes writing but general creativity in in all forms it's it's beautiful so that was so good thank you so much for sharing that with us <laughs> Natasha <laughs> I feel like everyone needs to get their hands on the balance theory because this is just so needed at this time in the world exactly where we are today and finding the homeostasis within ourselves and with everything else that is going on around us um, not just for creativity, but for mm. all levels of life. It's um, yeah, extremely important. So thank you so much for bringing that to the world for us. <laughs> thank you. No, I'm I'm so honoured to be the conduit for that idea. Yeah. Um, and I know that this idea 
is told in other ways and it does come through in other spiritual practices. But, um, and that's, I guess I would say that to, to the nonfiction mm. writer too, just because your concept may be known in a different, you know, coding or a different term or a different um, space, your voice is still needed. So write it. Because that's another block that can come up too. It's like, oh, do people already know this? No, they don't know it the way that you've you've known it. So write it because it may land with the next person. Exactly, a hundred percent. There was something I was thinking about a lot of the times when when you were talking today, and it's um, you gave yourself that permission. You know, when you're mm. starting to to channel that and and let that voice come through and this be told through you, it's like giving yourself that permission to be like, no, this is this is something that I need to to gift to the world. And um, I think that's number that's number one for people when they've got something to say. It's like, no. And you're so right. There's so many different ways that, that we speak and that we resonate. And a lot of a lot of the things in, in, you know, it's saying the same kind of things a lot of the time, but you're going to take something so different from different people and everyone has something different to say about it. So thank you. Yeah. And the way that it expresses through that being is unique. Now, where can everyone find you? Where can everyone get a copy of The Balance Theory? Let us know all the things. (laughs) Absolutely. So um, I hang out on Instagram at Tash Speaks. um, And that, yeah, that obviously speaks to my speech pathology background as well. Um, That's where you'll find me the most. And I'm more than happy for a DM and a chat there. Um, my website is Resonate Holistic and that's speech and coaching side of, of what I do. Awesome. Um, and the balance theory is global. Um, if you're in Australia, Booktopia, Amazon Australia, um, Book Depository for Global Citizens. Um, there's links in my bio there. So awesome. on the link tree. Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. And I'll make sure that it's all in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tash. That was an absolutely beautiful conversation. <laughs> Thanks, Olivia.